Welcome to Busy in the Sticks uh, Chamber podcast. Uh, my name is Tammy Ricks, and I'm the CEO of the West Prince Chamber. Uh, this is episode number 15, and we have guests today, Arlene Hackett and Bernard Gillis of Provincial Credit Unions. Welcome. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for being here and uh, driving up, and uh, your day off, I hear, Arlene. <laughs> <laughs> What's a day off? <laughs> So thanks for coming in. Um, how long have you both been with credit unions? I've been there for 34 years. And I've been there a little longer than Arlene. It will wow. be 40 years in March. Wow. Well, congratulations for, to both of you. That's a tremendous long time to be with an organization. Great organization yes, to be yes. with. I, I always consider myself very, very fortunate to have my job with credit unions. Well, thank you for all you've done. And I understand, Arlene, you're... You're going into retirement, and we probably just caught you in time. <laughs> Next week? Well, officially the end of the year, but um, my last day is, of work is November 30th. Very good. Well, enjoy your retirement. I'm sure I will. Um, so maybe we'll start with you, Arlene. And um, so today we've, we want to talk about uh, the whole amalgamation and how it's affected our communities. So just could briefly tell our listeners a little bit about uh, the, the history of Tignish Credit Union and uh, maybe a little bit uh, how credit unions differ from uh, banking, from a bank. Sure. Um, Tignish Credit Union was incorporated in April of 1937, so we're 84 years old, or young, and uh, it was, at that time, it was uh, a merger of a lot of smaller credit unions that were out in the outlying areas, so it, merger is certainly nothing new to, to credit unions. Um, when we finished up the Stignish Credit Union on September 30th. We had assets of over $300 million, wow. which is something that we're very, very proud of. I can imagine. Yeah. And uh, as far as how we, we differ from a bank, um, there's a lot more similarities than anything because we offer definitely the same products and services, and loans and mortgages and savings and credit cards and everything else. The biggest difference is a credit union is, is owned by its members, and they have the say. They elect their board of directors, and the board of directors basically, you know. I would have to agree with you because I just feel, and I know we've we've had our connections with our banks, and it's that the connection with the community and your members, and it just feels like that more local um, organization versus a bank um, where we don't seem to be as in touch uh, on that local community level. For sure. It's definitely, you know, we know our board our board members, they're in and out all the time. They're also our members, um, you know, so it's, and probably the biggest thing is, is you know, all profits stay in the communities. You know, that can be, you know, back as, as rebates. Sometimes we've given rebates in the past or just being able to offer lower interest rates to our members or making large donations to something in the community, which we're also very proud of. And thankful for. And thankful for. <laughs> we are thankful for. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, that's that's kind of the biggest thing. But, Bernard, I know you probably can add a lot more to that. Well, I guess one thing I would like to say is um, credit unions um, have ranked first among financial institutions in overall customer service excellence for 14 okay. years in a row. And we're great at a lot of things, as Arlene said, but we're best at putting people first. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest thing when you put the people first. Uh, there's not, there's no disconnect there rather than waiting for a decision to come from 
a larger head corporate office. And when people have to wait and, and you lose touch, you lose that connection, right? So it's, yeah. we hope that that remains. Yes, and you know, with the credit union, we were, we live in PEI, we're from PEI, we know PEI, and um, we want PEI to thrive. Yes, well, no, that's, that's, a, that's a great history. So April 29th, the four PEI credit unions vote in favor of merging. The Tignish Credit Union, Evangeline Credit Union, um, Central, Malpec Bay, and Provincial Credit Union. Bernard, what were the major factors uh, that kind of led to this decision of the merger, and, and how did it all start? The initial discussions began in early 2020, and they were driven by several important factors um, influencing the credit unions, some of which include an increasing um, competitive environment, emerging technologies, and changing banking behaviors, limited access to personalized and specialized services, growing expenses, and limited market opportunities. So could you give us an example maybe of um, one of the technologies that would be kind of more savings? Well, from credit unions, each um, the, the four legacy credit unions being independent businesses, if we were to implement new technology, we would have to do that four times. So being one entity, we get the very same technology, but we pay for it once as opposed to four times. So can I assume, like, for example, I'll bring up this example every time I go to the gas pumps and you can't pay automatically at the gas pumps up west. Is that, would that be an example of the technology um, if you guys were to put in a new banking machine um, just for specifically Tignish? You guys could do that at any time you wanted to, but where now if you just decided to update technology, it would happen for them all? No, not necessarily. In that example from an ATM, if we wanted to put an ATM in the Bloomfield Mall, then we would um, do that. So, And that could have happened previously as well with the legacy credit unions. So technology, if it's new technologies that are coming out and typically with our data provider, in order to um, sign on for those being an independent business, each of us had to pay for it separately. Oh, okay, yes. Very good. So new network of 10 branches across PEI. Uh, the merger went well. Arlene, um, I understand you had a group opposed to the merger in Tignish um, that were essentially afraid of losing uh, ownership and control. And, and people in the West, we have this fear, um, you know, we, that we, if we lose control, especially to Charlottetown, and uh, I know these, ex these beliefs still exist today, um, being rural and as far west as we are from our capital, um, perhaps both of you can give our listeners uh, some reassurance on why the merger was the best choice uh, for small credit unions. Arlene, we'll start with you. Sure. Um, I, I will start off by addressing, you know, the group that was opposed. And, and I don't like to say there was opposed as much as, you know, they had concerns, and, and rightly so. And Tignesh is, is a very cooperative community. Everything, you know, we, we pride ourselves in in taking care of ourselves. We don't need any outside help. That's right. <laughs> and, <laughs> we can and do it on our own. <laughs> we can do it on our own. And, and, and back in the day, that was a lot easier to do than it is now. And we still pride ourselves. And, you know, we have a co-op store and we have, you know, our health co-op. We have our seniors co-op. And, and, you know, they're all thriving, you know. And that was probably the biggest change. They've been so independent in yes. the past and not wanting yeah. outside help, right? And they were really scared that this was going to be more maybe of a takeover than a merger. And I understood that completely, and our board understood that. And that's why we did the process that we did. And it took as long as it did because we wanted to make sure that we gave them every opportunity to ask their questions and get them answered. 
And if there was anything that we didn't know or we weren't sure of, then we went back to the group and that was all straightened out and we'd come back with what was, you know, an acceptable outcome. Mm -hmm. Actually, that never even had to happen because there was so much work gone into it in the first place. And like we had talked about earlier, but, you know, the four credit unions were very, very much alike. We all had the same concerns going into the merger talks, you know, what was going to happen to our staff, what was going to happen to our members, and what, what would it mean for our community to be... So to, to some degree, you probably were working together anyway, right? Absolutely. The, the credit unions on PEI, all seven credit unions have a long history of working together. Actually, Tignish Credit Union could not have survived even the last five, ten years without the help of the other credit unions. We worked a lot together, provincial as being the largest one. Mm -hmm. uh, definitely, we've, we've had many <laughs> dealings with them and, and they've helped us out a lot. So this was all really unofficially, it was being done. And we trust, the trust was there. Um, you know, we're the envy of, of credit unions across Canada, really, PEI credit unions, because because of our proximity, we're, we're, it's so easy for us to get together, but with also the managers over the years and the trust that was built. And, you know, it, it's I, I've been around the table many times when the decision was made, and it may not be that it was the best decision for Tignish Credit Union or Provincial Credit Union, but it was the best solution for the other credit unions on PEI and to move forward, and that was where the decision was made. It was never made what's best for me. It was always best. What's best for the Forever. credit unions? Yes, and I know uh, Bernard touched a bit on some of these factors that kind of led to the decision. And I know um, we're currently the, the chamber has been working on a rural labor market partnership. And um, I know even in uh, my work beginning with chamber, you know, we realized right right away that um, working. Why are we working so independently on our, our own when we have support of other other regions and why not pull together and to make your resources stronger and your voice stronger right yeah. and I think that's the biggest thing that I try and communicate with chamber um, is to be that unified voice for our region and and again it goes for all organizations if there's if there's other uh, corporate organizations within within your province uh, you're stronger together when, when when you have that voice for sure it's, it's definitely the way to go we went from Tignish credit Union being just a small dot as a credit union and now you know we're the largest credit union in Atlantic Canada so you know just what that means alone congratulations is, no that's that's tremendous do you have anything to add to that Bernard well to to piggyback on what um Arlene said about the group opposed to you know the, the merger initially in Tignish it, it goes back to what Arlene had um, indicated early on the democratic structure of um credit unions and the members have their say. So it's it's extremely important that members do have their say in these um, types of initiatives because there is a significant impact to the community. Well, it's a member-led, right? It is. And so maybe you could talk a little bit about the board the board construction. So now we've you've lost the board of directors and you're one combined board now? Yeah, we are. So we have equal representation from each of the um, the four legacy credit unions. But, you know, first of all, we want to say that first and foremost, the merger was about being stronger for our members, our staff, and our communities. And to get to this process, we spent a considerable amount of time on our due diligence um, to ensure that we didn't overlook any of the critical aspects. And in the end, we had a very compelling um, merger plan that when presented to our, our membership, they felt that it was in the best interest of um, our credit unions to, um, to merge. 
okay. because technologies are changing so rapidly that it's difficult to keep up. So how has, um, um, uh, I know you talked about offering more modern services and things like that, such as credit cards, but what about uh, providing your employees with more opportunities um, and continuing to grow support uh, in, in the communities? Within a larger um, credit union, there are certainly far more opportunities than there are in individual credit unions because in a, in a smaller um, branch, if you have 20 people, you have your typical structure, you have your manager and you have your assistant manager and other positions. And the only time that you're going to advance is when somebody retires and or somebody leaves. That's so, right. So in a much larger organization with a skill set that would flow through, you know, 160 employees as opposed to 30 employees, then certainly the opportunities are um, much better. And with a decentralized system that we have now, so you don't have to have a, a head office um, in any particular community where all of the jobs um, congregate, so a decentralized model allows um, people to stay in the communities in which they um, had been in previously. Mm -hmm. And with technology the way it is now, it, it affords us um, that opportunity. So, um, for example, so there was no loss of jobs, really, when the amalgamation happened? No. Perhaps maybe the biggest change would be the, the general manager positions and how those kind of move forward, but you still kind of need them for each branch, right? Yes, we do. So all the, the branches will have branch managers. Um, and, you know, with the exception of Arlene and Mark LeClaire, who had both retired as, as a result, then the general managers or CEOs had an opportunity to remain with the organization in executive um, leadership roles. Okay, very good. So who's filling your place, Arlene? <laughs> Nadine Goodet has been named the, the uh, branch manager in Tignish, and it's a great opportunity for her. Nadine has been with the credit union for 29 years, and she's been in the lending uh, side of things for the last 20-plus years. She knows our members. Our members know her, and uh, it's a great opportunity for her. And, and just to add to what Bernard was talking about as far as the opportunities for staff, we've seen this already, and I'm so pleased to see it, and it's even happening a lot faster and you know we have quite a few of our employees that have taken different positions that's good to hear and i mean as you know we have the labor market challenges so that's yeah. great to hear. and and it is decentralized we have people that you know i'm sure they weren't thinking that they would be able to do that job being in an office in tignish or in albert and and that's not the case they're they're able to brings their confidence <laughs> right up and they have it, like it, it's it's so good for the staff. Like I said, I wish I was younger. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to lots be staying. Lots of opportunities. Lots of opportunities. Yeah. Lots of, you, you can feel it in the offices. You know, at first, I said, that, you know, change is scary. Like, you know, but it's, we're, we're two months in, and it's it's all that I had hoped and more. It's, well, that's great. Yeah. It's good to know that we can overcome those fears, and uh, all the best to Nadine. I know I went to school with Nadine, and she, she'll, be, she'll do a great job. She so will. I look forward to working with her. So you serve um, more than 35,000 members, uh, that's island-wide, <clears throat> island-wide and a billion dollars in, in assets, is that? We have the, the four legacy credit unions, so the, the new provincial credit union has 35,000 um, members okay. and, and right. 1.3 billion in assets, All and right. as Arlene had mentioned earlier, the largest credit union in Atlanta, Canada. Wow. 
So Bernard, um, has this merger allowed you to develop, um, maybe you can kind of just tell us about some new products and services, um, benefits geared towards small business owners? So with the pace of change um, and the introduction of new product offering will always be top of mind and we will keep pace um, with the competition. What's more important to new products will be the level of advice that we will be able to provide um, our small business owners um, to ensure that they are going to succeed. Okay. Um, and I know we briefly talked about the staffing opportunities, I guess, since the whole pandemic and, and COVID-19 began. Um, have you guys seen a lot in the last a couple of years uh, just regarding the current labor market situations in, in your own operations? Definitely. Um, actually, that was probably our biggest challenge and, and has been our biggest challenge over the last few years is to attract and retain employees and especially at a specific skill set. Um, just, we just weren't able to do it and uh, without changing the way we, we did business, I guess, and, and the employees these days are very different than what we were when we started out and you said to be there nine to five and stay that night and, and whatever you just did. You didn't question and you didn't, you know, and, I, and I'm so glad that it's changed to what it is now and that, you know, flexibility and, and you know, everybody, different things are important to different people. That's and right. Definitely, you know, everybody wants the, the work-life balance, which is great. It's so much more healthy and we're, you know, you look back at all the mental health issues that we have these days and, you know, I think it's people just trying to be, be everything to everything. That's right. Nobody and wants you to can't work do it. a 90 yeah. hour work anymore. Maybe no. Bernard, you can touch a little bit and describe maybe some specific changes that you've adopted uh, to kind of address the labor market challenges. Yeah, as Arlene said, this is not unique to rural PEI. It, it's a factor that um, affects all all organizations, um, regardless of where you happen to be. One thing that we have started was an intern program as part of our succession plan. And so we need to invest in our new employees so that they can each develop in their area of, of interest. Um, and providing the opportunities for employees in efforts to retain those engaged employees, we need to develop our leaders from within as opposed to um, always going outside the organization. I love that. I'm going to repeat that. Develop our leaders within. And that succession planning is so important. And I can't stress that enough that um, if we can bring them under our wing, help mentor them and develop them along the way, and they've seen that they've been invested in, they'll stick around. Yeah, that's right. You know, and as Arlene said, we have to take into to account the changing viewpoints of employees and to support alternate um, work arrangements to encourage the flexibility, innovation, and work-life balance. I think we see, as we look down the road a little bit, there's going to be far more jobs than there are people to fill those jobs. And in order to ensure that we have the right employees to do the right jobs and to provide the advice for our members, um, we have to ensure that our um, policies are flexible enough to attract the people that we need to attract. Oh, very good. Invest in your employees. So did um, any of the labor market issues factor into the merger decision? I would say yes, um, because we all had those types of issues before and trying to attract the right type of people to, um, to the right roles. Mm -hmm. And we we knew that looking down the road that labor shortages were going to be one of the areas that um, we had to focus on. So the merger allows us to, to have um, 
that um, ability and flexibility. And given the decentralized model, we may have, you know, very good employees all across the province. They don't necessarily have to all be in one particular area. That's good to hear. I'll ask both of you this, um, Bernard and Arlene, uh, from feedback at the branches. What has been the, the reception to the merger so far? You're, you're what, two months in? We're two, two, two months, months in. Two months in. Uh, well, actually, to our members, it's pretty seamless. I'm sure a lot of our members don't even realize that we were, were merged or that we weren't merged a year ago. That's right. Uh, you know, it was, it was really a non-issue for a lot of our members, as long as, you know, we're still there to provide what they need. Many of our members don't come in the doors anymore. They do things online, and you know, so so that's. But the ones that do come in, they're they're meeting. You know, they're they're still seeing the same people at the counters. They're still meeting the same loans officers, and the decisions are still made the same way. But the workload is probably still there amongst your staff, right? The workload has changed considerably. Um, as a standalone credit union, you know, we had to do we had to wear many many hats, and that's where we were really really struggling mm -hmm. with trying to keep you know, staff engaged and not overwhelmed. So now... Do you, do you feel that we're losing? And I know, like you said that, and I, I think back, I think to how much, um, you know, like the technology is pushing us uh, to not, you know, visit our branches as much and everybody's doing the online banking thing. Do you think that that connection is important to keep within cre credit unions? Um, and, and is there a way that maybe you, you, you've talked about it or, or, or would like to continue to try and... Oh, for sure, because yeah, we, we are only as strong as our members, and, you know, we, we that is a bit of a challenge, but we also, there's technology, to, you know, if they're, that's how they're communicating, then we have to be there. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot easier. Again, that's a cost that we couldn't do as a standalone credit union, but that's achievable now. And it's just to have the level of expertise, like there's different, you know, we have a department for, you know, a marketing department, the HR department, and, you know, where we were all doing that individually and not doing it very well at the end because you just were wearing too many hats. And it was very overwhelming for all staff. We had lost a lot of of staff over the, within the last five to seven years probably and through retirements you know they were just there forever and ever like Bernard and I and it was just time you know and but that experience goes out the door and you just can't replace it and it was very overwhelming for you know for people to come in. Maybe I'll just stop you there uh, Arlene uh, just um, before I go on to Bernard. Um, what are you going to miss the most? Um, what are you going to miss the most uh, at the credit at Tignish Credit Union and uh, Maybe your role there, what you've been involved in as a branch or in the community. What what will you miss the most? Oh, there's so much that I'm going to miss the most. <laughs> um, I'll definitely miss the staff, and you know, and Bernard would be the, the same as like. We don't deal directly a lot of times with our members. I'm not the one you're going to see when you come in to cash a check or to get a loan. Um, you know, I, I do work with the different groups. If you know, they you always seem to get asked to join a group if you're manager for some reason they think you're bringing the tech book with you and uh, most times you are and um, we appreciate that <laughs> and it, it's just the um it, it definitely is just the you know the, the, the friendships that you, you you make over the years that said we as as an island credit union we're very very close like you know with, with the other credit unions and even Atlantic Canada, we, we know people. Like when we go to an AGM and the CEO is Mike Leonard, if if he meets you anywhere, he'll just he'll not just say hello. He'll say hello, Arlene. How are things going in Tignish? Like you well, know, the relationships are just as important. Yeah. There, it, it's so that's what I will miss, and and I'll miss 
being, being able to go to the chamber things. Well, you can <laughs> still come, Marley. <laughs> you just tell them you want a ticket, you're coming. <laughs> to, the, to the galas and the golf tournaments. and It's just the things that you were involved in as, yes. as the manager is definitely what I will miss. But our staff, I will definitely miss. But like I tell them, you know, I'm they may have a hard time getting my key from me, but <laughs> I'll have to pass it Well, in. we hope we'll still see you for a while at some <laughs> of our you. things. Um, do you want to add anything to that, Bernard, if, uh, you know, as far well, as feedback from, from the branches? And yeah, from, from what I, I'm hearing, and um, staff have um, been terrific. We haven't heard a lot of um, complaints, and really any, or at least major complaints. Um, communication is always um, a challenge, and it's one that we work really hard trying to ensure that we communicate well with our employees to keep them up to date. Very key. Very key. So that is probably uh, the biggest um, piece. If we missed anything early on in, in the first couple of weeks, it might have been um, the lack of some communication. And then when we um, got that ship righted, things started to, to go. And we were not hearing... Um, or at least personally, I'm not hearing any complaints. It's more positive than negative. Yeah, and maybe just to go back a little bit and discuss some of the, the, the labor market things. And, and you know, we're, we're always trying to look out for small business within the chamber. And uh, those soft skills, that, that communication piece that you talked about is key. I think it's so key for small businesses to, um, uh, to be able to um, develop their employees, retain their employees, and, and just communicate, like you said, Arlene, the flexibility and understanding, you know, uh, we have to change a little bit to kind of adapt to, to uh, what th what they're looking for. So we definitely do have to change, and and all employees have to change. Like you know, there's there's still a lot of people out there in the workforce, but a lot of them don't want to work full time, or if they don't want to work, you know, year round. So just work with that. Like yeah. you know, they're great workers, and maybe someone working for half a year is going to give you that much more. And maybe there can be a mindset change. You know, if yeah. they, if they went from uh, working seasonally for the last twenty years, and you know they they've had that tradition of drawing unemployment. Um, and there's an opportunity and, and they might be able to upgrade their skills yeah. and give them that confidence that there's an organization that trusts and believes in them yeah. that they have an opportunity to do more. And, and it'll be so nice to see. It's it, unfortunate we have those organizations like the credit union um, that can help develop those employees and those skills. So, so thank you for all your years of uh, commitment and uh, working with, uh, with staff in our region. So you've done a tremendous job. So Arlene, um, we talked about this at the start. You're going into retirement, and Nadine is, is uh, going to be taking over for the Tignish. Um, what are you going to do in your spare time? <laughs> well, as you know, Tammy, I have a new little granddaughter. Three <laughs> Congratulations. Weeks, three weeks tomorrow, <laughs> and we have a grandson. So I definitely want to spend more time with them. and I, It's going to be a whole new new world for me, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, but I, it's definitely, you know, it's with mixed feelings for sure, because I've, I've always loved my job at the credit union. I can honestly say that. It I, must be hard. It must be hard to, to, to part. I can imagine. I, and I, I've I, seen yeah. your passion over the years and I know we'll definitely miss you, but uh, we wish you all the best in your retirement. And, uh, Nadine, I'm sure we'll do a great job. She will so. for sure. Yeah. Um, you. so the merger burner took place on October 1st. Um, Maybe you could talk a little bit about uh, your, your vision, um, uh, strategic plans for credit union kind of moving forward. Yeah, the, our strategic plan um, moving forward, or at least when we had looked at during the, the merger um, phase, it is 
to be operationally um, competitive and differentiated through its service with members. So the combined um, credit union will have a strong and lasting relationship with its members based on the range of services, quality of service and advice, and the com commitment to our community. The combined credit union will attract and retain um, talented staff who are committed to the successful achievement of corporate and um, individual goals. Our community, which is a, a huge piece, um, the combined credit union will um, continue to engage with community leaders as they endeavor to build sustainable communities. And of course, we have to be um, financially viable. So the combined credit union will realize increase, an increase in annual profit that will be reinvested back into the business driving greater value for our um, members and our communities. Well, that's great to hear. We wish provincial credit unions all the best and uh, very happy for your merger and that uh, things worked out uh, in the end. And um, thank you both for being here today. Is there anything else you'd like to tell our listeners? I, from my standpoint, we're very excited, um, you know, that the merger did happen. We see all of the benefits that it's going to provide to, to the communities um, moving forward. I believe it's going to offer um, terrific opportunities for our, our staff. And as Arlene had indicated um, a little earlier, that staff, you know, particularly in the Technician Alberton branches, had um, assumed new roles within the organization, which is certainly exciting. And if we can um, maintain, um, you know, the excitement level um, from our staff and the commitment to our members, um, I believe we're going to um, be a force to be reckoned with. There you go. So drop by and see your local credit union today. It's always nice to see a friendly face, I'm, yeah. I'm sure. So thank you both for being here today. Thank you very Appreciate much, Appreciate it Tammy. very much. Thanks, right. Tammy. So just a little bit of chamber news. Last week we celebrated our fifth uh, AGM and we welcomed our third president, a female president, Carol Rubinsky, uh, into the chamber of Time Valley Teas Cafe. So we're proud to have her um, take over in that position. On the Love Local PEI campaign front, we have uh, a new PEI directory and you can find all you need from local shops. Uh, you can check it out at Love Local PEI and uh, it'll help you find all unique gifts uh, that you need for the holiday season and uh, just go on there and take a look at some of the local shops and they're all uh, divided into each region. Uh, so don't forget to shop local and support our Love Local PEI campaign. Until next time. Let it breathe, if it doesn't breathe, it's gonna die. Let it see, if we let it be, is it gonna fight? Instead of freeing, if it leaves, we say goodbye. Where we weave and then we grieve and then we cry. I wanna tell you before I...